Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception. This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation in Thornton, Colorado. Lovers of the Torah, and thank you for choosing to listen to Torah Talk. I'm your host, Pastor Mark. It's great to be with you today, and on this show, we're going to do a follow-up with a previous show that we had with uh, Senior Pastor David Snyder and Executive and Worship Pastor Brian Klein from 26.8. They're here in Denver in my studios today and uh, out from Idaho, and I'd like to welcome you guys, uh, and we got a great show. We did a great show, and we're going to follow through and begin to uh, kind of pick that up and work that forward into this whole idea of formation, of being God imagers, and how we come into relationship with God, and through that, we experience transformation uh, and, and change and character formation to where we become, as God intended, fully human, His imagers on this on this earth, right. you know, for, for, for the very purpose of, you know, sharing and multiplying good throughout this world. Mm. And so, uh, we're going to pick up this idea of covenants, uh, either later towards the end of the show or even maybe another show. But for this, uh, uh podcast, let's talk about what happened, what went wrong. You know, God created and it was very good everything. And then this huge thing comes crashing down. It looks like an immense failure, if you would, in terms of what is taking place. Before we get into the show, uh, either one of you guys, I want to share, how are you doing? What are you thinking? Uh, it was a great show last time we had it. And uh, what's some of this new idea kind of percolating in your hearts? Yeah, it's great to be here having this dialogue just gets the wheels spinning and you you know i love going back to the beginnings of things yes. so going back to genesis and seeing really what what is this whole thing about what is god doing on the earth and yes. uh it's an honor to be on the show again with you yeah um, it's great to have you here yeah we'll throw our website out again yeah. www.268church.org for all those listening we'd love to have you check it out and uh take a look so yeah looking That's forward great. to having continue the conversation thank you pastor brian pastor dave yeah, it's great to be here again. Uh, we are uh, just excited because the dialogue that we have uh, on this particular topic is foundational to everything else that we're right. thinking about yes. uh, as believers in Messiah, uh, as those who are trying to live the commission of God in the world. So without a proper foundation, it becomes difficult to stand in the midst of all that, not only that life throws at us, but also to interact with the text. Right. Yes. Because if we don't have a foundation and what went wrong, we can't understand like what's going wrong with me today. Right. So that's, that's why I, I love looking at this particular portion of the text and anticipate some great ideas being exchanged today. That's great. Fantastic. Well, I uh, just want to remind the audi audience that this is a midrash. And so what we share today is not to be construed as a doctrinal statement or a theological treatise on the subject. We are simply wrestling uh, with the passages to better inform you as well as ourselves. And we reserve the right to change our minds on our ideas as we grow in the grace and knowledge of the Messiah. So the short and skinny is uh, we are midrashing. We are exploring 
uh, the text and our ideas and what we understand about it as we learn more and more and more. And of course, uh, in this show, Torah Talk, we're always dealing with things that are highly relevant and intended to be applied to our lives. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, you'll enjoy this show as we continue to develop it. So we've already defined what covenant is. Covenant basically is um, relationship. And when we talk about covenant and relationship to the scriptures, what we're talking about is how God desires to have relationship and how he lays the framework for what is needed in order to relate to him. Mm -hmm. And so he does that through covenant. And and we already talked about this last week um, and we're building on it this week. But suffice it to say, Adam and Eve, their first experience in the earliest moments of, 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 of their creation was that they were in relationship, a right and proper relationship with God, a relationship that was expressed and experienced through the concepts of, of parent, child, you know, father, uh, son and daughter, right. uh, king and subjects of the king. Uh, what, what were some of the other things we threw out? Um, I think you mentioned friends. Yeah, yeah we friends. talked about friendships, sharing the, the, marriage, the yes. marriage. Yep, sharing the secrets of the heart. Yeah, yes. those, all transparency, these, yep, openness, totally. yep. yeah, connectedness, <clears throat> yep. conversing and discovering, you know, who God is, and mm-hmm. and and it, yeah, just and you know, yeah. So that being stated, um, we closed the show last week on a high, and this week uh, we turned the page, and lo and behold. All of it just turns to mud. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just falls apart and death enters in and the whole thing is permeated and saturated with alienation and hurt and rejection and mm-hmm. anger and right. bitterness. And it just get, it just is horrible. It yeah. is just yep. a story gone bad. So let's pick up that idea of this story gone bad and, Genesis chapter three, and let's work through what had happened. I mean, obviously, uh, people will look at what we're talking about and say, um, God's plan failed. You know, God had this beautiful plan. It failed. Obviously, your God is not the true God. Your God is not a perfect God. Your God could not get the job done. Uh, Yet, I think when we look at the passage, we're going to see what we see in all the covenants. The covenants are powerful, beautiful, perfect. Mm-hmm. The problem's not with the covenants. Right. Right. The problem's with humans gone bad. Right. Yeah. So let's see what happened. Genesis 3. They're living in a perfect environment in terms of the, the, the design for them in this first creation. And uh, they have a relationship with God, relationship with one another. They're, they're learning how to take care of the animals, take care of uh, the environment in a way that's, you know, sustainable, compassionate, sustainable, but yet is, is, is forming it. They, they're to tame the environment and to bring it into this, this place of Eden. So there is work to do, of course, and there is a, a breaking down and a shaping of the world they live in, just like we are broken down and shaped by the living God and brought into his design. So uh, everything is going great. And then all of a sudden, verse number three, chapter three, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, 
Has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but the fruit of the tree uh, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you, shall sure, you surely will not die, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Let's stop there. Break this down. What's going on? What happened? Well, we've only got about, yeah, is you know, 12 <laughs> minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> But the essential nature of what's going on here is deception. It's the mm-hmm. opposite of truth. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite of reality. The serpent breaks in, uh, says more crafty than any beast of the field. Right. The essential nature of this exchange is that truth has been defiled by deception. That the serpent is trying to get Adam and Eve to see with tainted eyes about the goodness of God and their purpose and what he has in store for them. So Eve, of course, is susceptible to this for a variety of reasons that are beyond the scope of this conversation. She's susceptible to it, and uh, eventually she gives into it. So the idea is that he's presenting a version of reality that's fundamentally different than not only what they had known, but what God had intended. Right. I think the nature too of deception is it's an illusion. It's taking something that is present. It's there. It's you can touch it. You can see it. There's an element of truth, but there's a twist on it or a spin yeah. on it that leads you a- onto a totally different track. Yeah, and that's what you see here. Yeah, yeah. It is simply the twisting of truth. Right. right. It's to slightly alter it. And in fact, he doesn't necessarily. He. he He's very subtle. He's very subtle. He actually is interacting with her in a way that the, he he's soft, you know, he, he he's he's throwing some softballs to her, so to speak, right. in the form of questions, right? You know, and and one of those questions is, uh, you know, what has God said concerning this? You know, and so she's dialoguing with him, and he, he, she says, well, you know, God says if you if you eat it or touch it, you're going to die, and of course he says, what? You're not going to die. You really think you're going to die? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Here's the issue. You're going to be like God, and he doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. So, right. I mean, that is like, that's pretty powerful yeah. in terms yeah. of appealing to, to, you know, something that would be self-motivating and and uh, self-aggrandizing. Yep. Wow. Right. Which they already were like God, and I think that's where that that deception comes in. Is he's offering? There's an offer to be like God, in a way that's twisted or corrupted, in a way that God never intended for right, them to be right, like Him. Right, a different path to that right. God imaging, so to speak. Right, which speaks to this whole phenomena of really what the text is pointing to, which is first of all, there's an accusation inherent in the snake's words: "You will be like God," meaning you currently aren't like God in the way that you could be, and if you do what he says don't do, then you'll be just like him. And there is a uh, a latent accusation in there that, uh, you know, sort of arouses in Eve the willingness to pursue what she was never created for, which is the knowledge of good and evil. God only created them for good. Right. She's tempted by the knowledge of good and evil as if somehow withholding evil on the part of God was a malicious uh, 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 
action. That, yes. Right. That God had ill motives. Exactly. That's right. Right. And he and he just he just like drops that in her heart. Oh, which yeah. was part of right. the the undoing, of course, uh, of Eve. And so um, so it goes on. When when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. She gave also to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? Well, this, it, the woman honestly has her eyes opened. Yes. She does see something different that we know that. And and what her eyes are open to is obviously evil, things that they were not supposed to know. Mm. Uh, immediately they knew they were naked, which means the unhindered intimacy, the, the fact that there was nothing between them horizontally or between them and God vertically, that goes away immediately. Yes. And there's a sense of shame that begins to encroach upon them, which we've been living with ever since. Yes. And um, so, you know, Eve, Eve is now gotten in a sense what she asked for, but it's tainted and and impure and defiled, and so they're trying to hide themselves as a result of this. Yeah. And I think it's all stemming from this idea that she falls prey to self-interests. Right, exactly. Yeah. She's saying, look what I can get out of all this. Right. right. Whereas all relationship, as God has defined healthy relationship, is when you relate to the other in a way that says, how can I better Give you. that? Yep. Per- it's all exactly. about the other person. Right. Because right. God never relates to us in a way that says, what can I get out of it? Ever. Yeah, right. Yeah. But yet, unhealthy relationships, relationships are always based on, uh, what can I get out of this relationship? Right. It's all about me. Right. And that is the nature of the beast, by the way, who sought for himself right. the glory right. of God in his kingdom. And so he's perpetuating that and seducing them to come into that whole rebellion, really, that had already taken place yeah. Yeah. in the heavenlies. And so so she falls prey to that. She comes into that. It results in nothing but the the, the change is a change, but not what yeah. she expected. Yeah, it's I, felt with shame and, and, and ultimately alienation and a breakdown in relationship yeah. with God and each other. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's a direct confirmation that what God said is true. She did experience a form of death through that shame. Right. That's a form of death. You know, in our country, people would rather die than speak in public in front of people. That that sense of shame can be so overwhelming. Yeah. There's a, a there's a form of death present in that shame, and it's all about self-interest. Yes. You know, it's not about giving good and multiplying good across the creation and giving to others. It's about what do I need to do to protect myself or to yes. give good to myself now. Which it then, in one sense, that we, we don't want to forget that as Eve responds, there's this delusion going on, right. which Paul confirms later in his epistles, that the woman saw that it was good for food, delight to the eyes, desirable to make one wise. The Apostle John goes on and says, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those are the, the encapsulating there. But essentially, there is a the, the, the point here is not that Eve did something wrong. Right. She did, but it was a result of conceiving wrongly of God. Right. And the essence of the passage is idolatry more than anything else. Mm. It was that she believed somehow that only 
who God was, what he had given, what the provision that he'd made available to them, the commission he gave to them, all of that was somehow corrupted as it came from God. And so she looked for those things somewhere else, mm-hmm. literally in herself, in her own wisdom and, and her own resources. So the passage at its core is speaking to the issue that human life is ultimately about worship and the problem in the universe, what went wrong, is not that we did something wrong. Doing something wrong was a result of wrong worship. Yeah. And so here we are in this the, very early on in the, the book of Genesis, at the very beginning, that life really is about worship. Yeah, right. and worship, and one of the elements that drives worship is trust. Right, exactly. And Satan, the serpent, undermined her trust in God's goodness yep. so that she questioned God's goodness thought that maybe God is hold some, holding something back from us you know right and that breakdown of trust results in a breakdown of a relationship which leads into shame and misery right. and alienation mm-hmm. which we see they're hiding from God he comes down to commune with them right they're hiding from him right right oh man this is a huge right breakdown, breakdown. And we see the results of that of course and so uh in a nutshell that's what went wrong with humanity yeah and right. humanity got off track and through them has been off track all along since until a second Adam sure. shows up. Right. Mm-hmm. The and Mashiach, I, yes. And, and I think it's important to keep in mind that this whole idea of hiding the, the leaves, everybody does it individually. We do that in a variety of ways. That's a whole other series of podcasts. But the thing I think is important to emphasize here is that historically speaking, the development of humanity uh, by necessity, they developed religious constructs that would characterize a culture, characterize an ethnic group. Those religious constructs were all a mechanism to hide from the living God. So human religion, wherever it comes from, whatever culture, whatever time, human religion is a construct designed specifically to hide from God so that we can maintain and perpetuate the very thing that Eve was doing, which is having herself and... false gods as the source from which they're drawing to try to acquire life, which can never be done because they can only give death. So when we're thinking about religion, apart from God's provision for salvation, we're thinking about literally, how can I hide from God and make it seem like I'm not? Right. 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 That's exactly right. Yeah. Well stated. Okay. So let's jump to the end of this passage. Um, So, so, um, so God, of course, brings them all into account, including the serpent. And he, he says to the serpent in verse 14, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go. Dust you will eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Mm. Not the man. Not Adam. I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, which is interesting too, especially if you interpret Zera as sperm, spermosa, or what you know, then that becomes very interesting. Now, I mean, it can be translated offspring too, which mm-hmm. isn't quite as interesting. But the point is, is there's going to be enmity between her seed and his seed. Uh, he shall bruise you on the head, 
you shall bruise him on the heel. This passage is a is the earliest. It's it's the earliest passage that we have that intimates or implies that God has a plan. Right. That God's going to do something to hold the serpent accountable and even punish the serpent. Yeah. That through a woman came the fall. By the time he's done, through a woman will come redemption. Right. Yep. Exactly. And that's, yeah. I mean, we could do multiple shows sure, on that on verse that alone. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's so rich, both in Judaism and in Christianity. It's a powerful text. It has so many ramifications. Yeah. What do you guys want to do with it as we kind of sum up the show in, I'll, in I'll terms just, of the fall and what they lost? And I can just yeah. paraphrase this passage really quick. I okay. think God's saying to the serpent, you're dead meat, buddy. Yeah. It's just going to take some time. <laughs> and and right? yep. I'm going to do it through the one you deceived. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. You brought her low, and, and you are a part of the mechanism that introduced shame and alienation. And I'm going to redeem this and right. her, and I'm going to restore it, yep. and then I'm going to teach them. Right. That, that, yeah. Yeah, that's where you get the yeah. phrase, payback is... <laughs> bad it's unpleasant it's unpleasant and that's going to come back through his redemption through a woman yeah a fall came through a woman and through a woman it will be restored pastor day yeah i i think just in sort of summarizing the uh this whole idea of the fall and redemption that humanity itself would be the mechanism through which god brought redemption so somehow God's redemptive right. purposes are going to come through the offspring of our original ancestors. So the yes. question then becomes is, who is that seed? Right. Who is that? Who yeah. is that? Who is that human being, that's, that seed of humanity? Because it's, it's right, going to exactly. come through humanity. So, right. it's, so it implies a second Adam. Right, right. I mean, this is like, I mean, it's almost like God says, you know what? Uh, the failure is on your part, but that's okay. My love is so great that I can't let it go. Right. I'll just do it again. Right. I'll recreate through another Adam and restore all things. That is right. like so hot. Now, he, that, that, that's the plan right here. That's the plan. What we're going to see is that how he does that in terms of strategy mm. and mechanics is the concept of covenant. Right. right. He will bring about redemption through covenants, their provisions and their promises until all is restored. Mm -hmm. And that's what we started uh, our show on. Our previous show is this idea of covenants and how they relate to formation. So thank you gentlemen for, for being on the show today. And, uh, Great show. We could just do multiple shows just on the fall. It's so mm -hmm. exciting. Um, but we're going to go ahead and, and conclude this show at this time. We're just out of time. And um, special thanks to our great King, Yeshua the Messiah, and to our listeners and supporters for making this podcast possible through your prayers and financial giving. Thank you. Know that in your prayers and giving, you are partnering with us as we advance the kingdom of Messiah in Israel, the United States, and throughout the world. We are a highly rated and listened to Messianic podcast on iTunes under the category of Judaism. Subscribe now. Pray with us. 
give financially, share the vision and power of this podcast with everyone you know. Help us take the glory of Messiah and the Torah to the nations. Baruch Hashem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm your host, Pastor Mark, and until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua the Messiah. Shalom. Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation located at 8891 Hose Boulevard in Thornton, Colorado. Your host has been Pastor Mark McClellan. Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 or visit our website at www.graftedin.com. God bless you and shalom.